So find the perfect running shoe. Yeah. So there's two things that need to be cleared up right up front. The reason I'm wearing shades and a hat is so that shoe manufacturers can't identify me and send people over here to burn my house or try to put me on fire or whatever, right? And the other thing I want to bring to light is that it is Friday and I'm wearing my red shirt. And I really get offended when people don't know what this means. And I, I gave you a pass because you didn't know, but now you do. Remember everyone deployed people. There's people out there risking their lives so that we have the freedoms that we get a chance to appreciate and experience. So remember everyone deployed Friday. Get one of these shirts. And uh, I forgot where I got mine. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, I wasn't a very good plug. You have to tell people where to get it. <laughs> you know what? It'll come to me. I, so it's, I'm old, okay? I forget shit, right? <laughs> okay, so we're going to talk about running shoes. And uh, I, I can tell you that you don't know this, but I will share with you. This generally ends up being a massive disappointment for most people when they expect me to say, oh, yeah, be sure to get that XYZ shoe from that XYZ manufacturer. That ain't about to happen during this broadcast. So, having said all that, uh, let's talk about running shoes. Cool. And, and I know you got a batch of them. Mm-hmm. So why don't we start out by just like, you know, let's just, let's hit it. Just show me a shoe. All right. We'll go bad shoe first that I did not like. Okay. So this was the Saucony Convara 11. Um, I liked it because it was super duper light. Um, so I wanted it and I got it for Christmas. But when I started running in it, it hurt my foot and was really uncomfortable. And it just was super painful to run in. So now it's just my walking around shoe because I literally cannot run in it. I would try to go to the gym, do treadmill, stair climber, any even just not running. And it would just end up like making my foot go numb. I tried loosening the laces up. It just was super painful. I don't know why. And maybe you can tell me, but it wasn't like tight or anything. It would just like make my foot go numb. And I'd have to stop in the middle of my run and like take it off. Cause it so, so where, where would the pain originate? Where would you find one? like the bottom of my foot is kind of what it felt like. If I remember, I haven't ran in them in months now, <laughs> but okay. I think so it was like when, they, when you bought the shoe, what were they, what were the features? What were the highlights that they were talking about for you to own that shoe? Light. Cause I really like super lightweight stuff and it's light. I mean, it's, this is a light shoe. Um, it didn't have a huge drop, uh, which I, I don't remember what it was now, but it wasn't like super built up cause I usually run in more minimalist stuff and I just wanted something for longer runs that had a little more something to it before I knew much about shoes from you. Um, so that's why I liked it. And for some reason it hurt. Okay. So, um, as you're kind of flexing the toe, flex the toe. Okay. So it's pretty flexy in the front, right? Which I like. That was another reason I wanted it. Um, the medial arch. Does, is it pretty cushy? Oh, yeah. yeah. Way cushy? cushy. Low, yeah, moderate. it's cushy. So there's way cushy, moderately cushy, not so cushy. What do you think? I'd say pretty darn cushy. Okay. And then yeah, so when you soft. were in it, when you're wearing it, would you feel like the, the bottom of your foot would be like kind of sinking into that softness? Let me see. Don't hurt yourself. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> I can walk in them. Uh, okay. Yeah, a little bit. All right. I mean, it's okay, squishy. Cool. All right. So good. And before we start going in and tearing it apart, let's look at what's been working for you. Good shoes. So, 
So these actually, I found these and they actually worked really well for me for trails because I used to run in like my New Balance Minimus, which were really nice and I really liked them, but they fall apart pretty quick and they get really gross and they get dusty and they get really crunchy and crusty. So I was looking kind of for an alternative and these had a little bit of a stack, not ton, and they're super lightweight. And I like that they have almost one of those plasticky kind of uppers because I tend to, I have really wide feet, so they tend to kind of pop out. Um, it is narrow, Which but shoes? Skechers... Oh. Uh, uh, speed trail, hyperburst. Could I see the yeah. tread? Yeah, I usually, I actually hate running with tread. So there's, I, I liked these because there wasn't much tread on them. Okay. But there is a little bit. This is like a good amount of tread for me. <laughs> turn, turn it so I can see the the other side. Flip it over. Okay. Yeah, and I like these plasticky kind of uppers. Is there? They, just, they kind of have a special insole in that shoe. No, I, I didn't add anything. Yeah, it's, it's like taped in or whatever, glued okay, in. All right, good, good. All right, yeah, and so it has the burrito top, which I don't usually like, but it worked. Okay, cool. And I like that it had the ankle lock thing, actually. It has like this that goes around, and then the, like, goes through it yeah. right in there. I kind of like that because I tend to, I don't like, I like it cinched down in the back, but kind of more flowy in the front. So, so I like that I can, like, really to slide it. forward in the shoe? Yeah, a little bit. So that helps that. Yeah. So I liked that. And usually since I have wide feet, I hated that they were narrow, but it because I hate having extra at the end, but these actually felt pretty comfortable. And I think because they were so light, it didn't feel like bulky or anything. So do but, you consider that to be kind of broad okay. in the toe box for you? No, these are narrow. Okay. They're really narrow. They were just, they were just a little long. I usually like my foot like right at the end, like barely fit, which is probably bad, but yeah. These had a little extra, which I didn't like, but they were fine. Um, and then my, oh, I didn't grab my trail runners, but I run in the, now I run in the Ultra Superior 4.5s, which I really like for trails, but they're, I, they're a bit tready for me. I prefer like not much tread, but they have a little, they have, they're pretty good. They're not super big lugs. I, I, which I, I like. love that you have that shoe because that's the shoe that I, I'm familiar with that I actually run in. The Ultra Superior? The 4.5, yeah. yeah. So, I don't have it, but I like them. And they have sick colors, too. So Yeah. And speaking uh, of anyway. that's coming next, right? Yeah. <laughs> so these were on sale on Running Warehouse. <laughs> that's why I bought them. <laughs> but they're uh, the Escalante Racer, I think is what they're called. Okay. Um, the Ultra Escalante Racer. The Racer was a little bit different. It has a different upper. It's almost this, like, fly knit, but it's, like, durable fly knit. It's not, or, like, mesh. It's not that super flimsy stuff that makes your foot slip around and move around all the time. It's more of, like, a almost plasticky kind of material. Okay. Super light, insanely light. And I love the colors. It's their Boston... Uh, like 2020 race that would have never happened. So they were all on sale, but they looked super sick. So I bought multiple of them because they were on a really good sale. Awesome. And now I wear them all the time. And I like these on trails too. I have like my dirty trail ones that I wear and then I have my road ones that I wear, but they have no, no tread, cool. no uh, looks. But yeah, that's those. All right. So not so great shoes. We have, I'm bringing mats because then I don't feel as guilty, but I have hokas as well. So <laughs> yeah. I, I always liked my Hoka's. It's I wore the Hoka Hupanos. I know. Well, I got them first, <laughs> so it's partially my fault that he got them. <laughs> um, I want to draw attention to the... Now, let me see the other side here. I want to draw attention to what has been common among all the shoes short of the Ultra that she showed me was that 
The ultra, try to imagine this is my foot, okay? And this being my big toe. My big toe is over here. It's not like right here. This isn't where my big toe is. And so I just, I, it's, it's a pet peeve with me that the shoe manufacturers at large cause the shoe to come to a point. And so the most pronounced part of your foot is your big toe. Why in the hell would they want that to be the most pronounced area on, I mean, why would they want to make this boat when your foot does that? Yeah. Right? And then the ultra takes it into account. So the broader toe box is definitely something that I'm on point with. And I love, but by the way, since you're showing that, the bottom, the big toes, second toe, third toe, fourth, fifth, just like your foot is designed is the way the bottom of that shoe is designed. Yeah. And now if you were to try to flip the other one over and try to mimic that same pattern, it wouldn't work because something would be pushed against something else. You're going to have like one year, the toes are going to be all smushed. Right. Okay, you know what's funny though? Yeah. Like my feet look like that. Like my feet are wide, they're spread out, my big toe sticks out like that. Matt's feet, his second toe is taller than his big toe. That's and his were really narrow. That, that's not good. That's not like, I thought it was just like, that's what his feet looked like. Is that because of well, shoes? Well, it is the way his feet look like, but I'm just saying that that's, that can be an issue when, when running gets longer and the shoe fit is off. Is that something you can like, change? I thought that was just like a natural, like your foot was shaped that you way. Could trim it, you know, but <laughs> short of that, I don't think that uh, there's, you just got to accommodate that toe, right? Okay. Uh, because what ends up happening is there's this thing, thing called hammer toe, where like the okay. edge of your toe starts bending down because it starts bumping into the front of the shoe. And this ain't good. You don't want hammer toe, right? Okay. And that usually happens. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, your toes will end up trying to requiesce to the trap that you stick them in, okay? Okay. So, going a step further, you know, cruel shoes like women wear when they're getting dressed up, you know? Really fancy um, uh, Jimmy Choo's, you know, or the heavy-duty point, big heel, just shoving your toes down into that little compartment. You do a lot of that for too long, you're going to have issues down the road. This is why but they look women, so pretty. I, yeah, really. You know what? And I love them. By the way, let me just say that <laughs> I love when when you know that's a really hot look on women. But the repercussion of that is you could potentially end up with a bunion. So your big toe mm. starts to squirm underneath the second toe or on top of it because it's been forced to be there, right? Mm. And then over time that becomes a problem, especially if you know. You're hot at night and you run during the mornings <laughs> because then all of a sudden, you know, before, after a while, that bunion's going to get in the way and it's going to change the way you move. So mm -hmm. we're going to get into that in a little bit. But all right, that was a pretty good overview of. Uh, but one more thing would you hold that hoka back up again and give me a side view? Side view, like that. Turn it like a, like a shoe. There you go. So, <laughs> Turn it like a shoe. <laughs> yeah. So if you look at the back of this shoe, now, incidentally, I'm going to go on a limb and bet dollars to donuts that they're going to sell this as zero drop. And we're going to talk about those terms in a minute. But uh, a zero drop shoe, for the most part, suggests that the heel is no higher than the forefoot. But they put a big moken pad under your heel, and it's almost inviting you to land on your heel. Not almost, it does. It invites you to land on your heel. And we're going to talk about that, too. 
So you could get rid of that thing. I'm tired of looking at it. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I've done that in videos before. I'm, just, I'm done with you. Let's let's do that. Let's talk about that for a second. Uh, and I, I, I have notes here, so let me just kind of go to my notes for a second. Well, while you're on that, so you're saying zero drop, because um, I've had zero drop ones that are still pretty built up, and now it just means the front's built up too, which for me feels super weird. Like that's one, that's why I think I hated ultras at first, because yeah, I had so a pair that was more pushy. That is stack height. So yeah. the the two things that really kind of come into play here, well, three things I guess if we're going to talk about it, is your heel to toe drop. So suggesting that the heel is higher than the front of the shoe. Right. And in that shoe, I want to go out on a limb and say that's probably about a 10 or 11 millimeter drop. So your, your forefoot, or differential, I should say. So your forefoot might be like a four, and the back being like, uh, I don't know, a 12 or something like that. And whatever mm -hmm. the difference is, is what that, that heel to toe drop is. And then your stack height is measured also in millimeters, and it's just how high off the ground it places you. Okay. And we're going to come back to this. And then, of course, we already discussed the toe box, you know, how that the dimension of that toe box looks. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the things that are very popular in the shoe industry are solutions for very specific problems. And, you know, people talk a lot about pronation, supination. And, you know, for those that don't know, pro pronation is like where your arch drops in. So you're basically collapsing inward generally as you land supination is generally an approach where you come in to the outside edge like picky toe side first that's supination pronation and then of course being in the middle will be neutral right so they're looking to create motion control so the suggestion being that excessive pronation is problematic it leads to injuries or vice versa which is less common is excessive supination which that just doesn't happen very often and then so controlling that motion is a, an accoutrement I guess that they put into the shoe to try to put a, a ledge underneath the arch so you can't fall in uh, it's it's controlling your motion right huh. and then stability is just basically where you're all over the map they might have like a, a heel cup to cause your heel to be held stationary and then maybe they come back with a little something to hold the arch up a little bit so it's just basically trapping your foot in a particular plane of motion okay <laughs> so those are basically the circumstances that the running shoe industry takes us down all right so let's back up a little bit you walk into a running shoe shop put those glasses on <laughs> <laughs> no you walk back into a running shoe shop and hi, Mr. Running Shoe Guy. And he takes you over to the Mood Ring treadmill and lets you run around a little bit on the treadmill. And he starts pointing, oh yeah, well see, there you go. You, you need that, here's the shoe you need. You need this motion control, you know, or you're, you need more cushion, you know, cause you're a big dude and you're landing on your heel pretty hard. You need a big mattress under there so you can cushion that landing, right? But essentially what these are is they're selling moments. We've just changed the narrative from, how can I help you? That's what they say. <laughs> how can I help you? You know what people say when you say, how can I help you? They say, I'm just browsing, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to commit themselves to the salesperson right out of the gate. So they're gonna, they're gonna evade 
the question, even though there's something specific that they're chasing down and they need a solution to, and the salesman knows where everything is. So he's the guy to talk to, right? But you don't mm -hmm. want to be committed to him, so you would say, I'm just browsing or I'm just, I'm just looking around, right? Whatever. But what they identify is that they can change the narrative by saying, what type of shoe are you interested in? Right? And then comes, a, you know, the bag of worms like, oh, you know, I tend to have a sore knee and my shins hurt. Or my... You start complaining about all the issues that you face when you try to run. Oh, okay. Well, let's get you on the treadmill and let's get a look at it. And then they'll have you move around on the treadmill a little bit. Then, you know, the 17-year-old, 18-year-old new salesperson will advise you. Okay, here's the shoe that you need. Or here's the two shoes that I think we should look at. You need stability. You need motion control. You're a big dude. You need cushion. Whatever. Then it becomes not a question of do you want a pair of shoes. It's, it's either this one or that one. But the solution has already been made. You're, you're, you're going to buy one of those two shoes. And to take it a step further, what is very common in the shoe industry is that once they've landed you on the very specific shoe that you need, and you know you may even argue with it, eh, I don't know, it doesn't feel quite right. Yeah, no, it's going to be good because this is what you need, right? Um, maybe. Maybe they'll say that. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll just push you to another shoe until you're comfortable. I don't know. But then when you go to the counter, before you make the purchase, guess what happens next? Supersize. We're going to go to, oh, by the way, these insoles are amazing. You know, you need these insoles because the insoles are going to even be better for you, right? So now I got to buy a $69 accessory to make the shoe work, right? So the, the shoe by itself doesn't work. I need the $69 accessory to bring it to, bring it to light, to make it be perfect, right? So, do you know that in the shoe industry, there is more money made on insoles than there is on shoes? Really? Yeah. The profit margin <laughs> on insoles is crazy, right? And I know this because I almost went to market with an insole for a shoe. And where the typical, by the way, all the insoles that you see are built the same way. Maybe a little stiffer, a little less stiff. But all of them have a pronounced arch support. Or maybe even have a little bit more cushion towards the heel. Or stiffer around the heel. But all the, all the fixes that they want to create are built from the arch back. Okay? Hmm. And the front of the, the insole is all floppy. There's just like nothing to it. Right? And uh, there's a company, I think it's called Superfeet. I think that's the name of the company. Back in the day when I owned my own place where I actually sold shoes, I had shoes in my place that I sold. By the way, all of them were natural running style shoes. None of them, I made, I made no money in the running shoe industry. No hokas? Those? No, none of that going on. But I had the salesman come in and try to, oh, you know what? Hey, I didn't know how long you've been here. Uh, so you don't have uh, insoles? And I'm like, did you see the sign when you walked in? The, the sign out front says natural running. And now tell me, all this stuff you want to fix on the back of the foot, when I'm landing on the forefoot first, why would I need all that stuff? And the guy was perplexed. He looked at me like I was crazy and like, and then off he went and I never saw him again. So <laughs> no, I didn't make money selling insoles. No, I didn't make money selling shoes because I'm hard headed. 
Um, well, what's funny is, so when I got back from your clinic a few months ago, I talked to my dad, who used to be a big runner, and he had to end up stopping flood injuries and stuff. And he, when we told him all about the clinic, he's like, huh, he's like, I wonder if I had learned that stuff back when I was running, if I wouldn't have had to buy all those insoles and those crazy shoes. <laughs> he, would saved, he would have saved a ton of money. Yeah. <laughs> well, and so got injured. I, I go back. How old your dad? 65. Okay, so yeah, we, we could have went to school together. I'm a little older than him. Back in the day when I was running, same thing. It's like the only thing that was really out there that was like a hit was Air Max, Nike's Air Max. They put that airbag in the back of the shoe. You know, I got to tell you, I owned those type of shoes for a really long time. And yeah. I suffered the consequences for years. Knee problems, back problems. I, was, I got pictures on the wall over here of me overstriding, crossing the Honolulu Marathon finish line. And mm. I mean, in pain, in pain. And I think when I ran the uh, uh, Big, Sur, Big Sur Marathon. Oh, um, my dad ran that one. <laughs> yeah, I was doing like 70 miles a week leading into that. I was ruined. I mean, I suffered the consequences. I think six miles deep, my knee started hurting. And by 10 miles, my knee was huge. And mm. you know, I said, well, I'm here. I might as well finish this thing. And I, I gutted it out yeah. and finished it. But Long story short is that years after that, when I got an education, I only used those shoes to cut the grass. Like you told me to keep the socket to walk around in. I kept mm -hmm. mine to cut the grass. And every time I cut the grass, my back hurt. <laughs> right? And I never put it together. I thought, damn, man, when am I getting old? It's just cutting the grass. My back hurts like crazy. And I, I looked at, I said, well, maybe it's a shoe. I changed to a neutral shoe without that airbag, and the pain went away immediately. Hmm. Drove me crazy. So I'm kind, of, I'm kind of off point right now, and, and I apologize for that, but let me go back to you know, the things that they tried to sell you when you go into a running shoe shop. So um, as you know, because you've been to my clinic and we've, we've, you know, we discussed this at great length, is that the shoes do not correct those problems. They may abate a problem for a short term. So for example, if you are pronating and they, for example, let's go hard, let's go get an orthotic and something that's medical grade that's going to hold your arch up, all that's going to do over time is cause that arch to get weak because it no longer is working. That arch needs to contract in order for it to maintain strength or integrity. And because we've just taken the responsibility away from the arch and you're just going to start falling apart. Right, and then the next visit to the podiatrist is a stiffer, more pronounced arch support. And I've had people come to me with bags of orthotics that they've gotten over the years that are progressively more uh, invasive, I guess is a good term, just getting involved yeah. in the way they move. And uh, change the way they move and throw the bag away. You know, no more. It's, it's, it's almost like they want you to get worse and worse, so you have to keep buying the orthotics or something. It's you know, crazy. I don't know that I can say that. <laughs> but um, Put your glasses on and you can. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do believe that they're, they've gone down this path, you know, and the, and the medical community is, is, for the most part, there's a nail and a hammer, right? If, if, if you're a contractor, you're going to you're gonna hit that nail. That's, that's what you do, right? You're not going to think outside the box. You're not going to think about a screw. You're going to think about just pound the nail in, right? That's what you do. And so they 
podiatrists do that. They just like hit F8 and then boom, spits out a, an orthotic for you. And ideally, and I used to have fun with it. I would, people would come see me and I like, oh, okay, don't show it to me. Don't show it to me. Let me tell you what it looks like. And I would, I would like explain to them what the orthotic looks like before they actually showed it to me. And it was an easy, it was an easy test for me because they all look the same. It's like, there's very, very little differences between them other than maybe the materials that they're made from. And so maybe you supersize there too, where, you know, you, you've got natural products. So there's a leather uh, in, uh, covering over the plastic, or you got carbon fiber as opposed to plastic or something. But just the design factor is commonly within 10% differential between them all. And they, they solve the same problem. And so, by the way, knowing we're going to do this, I went on uh, online and, uh, you know, YouTube University and also on Google and just started looking for stuff and just looking for stuff. You know, forget about my opinion. I'm just going to see what people out there in the medical community are saying about various concerns. And uh, as a matter of fact, let's see if I can make this work. All right. So I took some snippets. All right. So uh, let me let me find one that I think you might like. Um, I got some stuff from the Journal of Sports Science and Medicine. Um, and I, I got some, I, I mean, I looked at Runner's World. Uh, Runner's World had a thing where they were showing you what Nike does to test, you know, their research and development to, to create a shoe. I also uh, looked at uh, a video of this, what is it called? The Alpha Fly, is that what it's called? That new Nike thing? Oh, yeah. Okay. Or something like that. Yeah, right. And so they were trying to sell the idea that this this Alpha Fly, yeah, Alpha Fly. Um, would improve your your running performance dramatically right away. Let's put them on, go, and boom. And the guy that Is that the on, super shoe with like the plate and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it is. Okay. Right. So the guy guy puts them on and he's wow, it feels bouncy. I mean, I feel it's like really bouncy. And that's what he kept saying. He goes, man, it's really bouncy. So basically, it was, I was thinking, well, dude, why don't you just get a pogo stick? You know, because <laughs> if a pogo stick is probably faster than running, you know, because you're basically, you just resign yourself to let the shoe do all the work. And all you're doing is having your weight bounce up and down on top of that cushy thing. And, you know, you get a little forward lean and let it go and off you go. But what was interesting is they did a little video of him coming towards the camera and a video mm -hmm. of him going away. And this shoe was crushing his his pronation. He was like, huh. he was dumping in like crazy. Now, mind you, it's the first time he put them on. He, he wore them that one time. And he was, oh, man. And, you know, they showed he PR'd by a couple minutes for a 5K. Uh, oh, this is amazing. Look how much faster I am. And I looked at the Whoa. damage that potentially was going to happen because he was wearing those bouncy, cushy shoes. And then they, 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 they summarily started dissecting the shoe to show you the components of it, you know, they've got some really mysterious looking fibery cloth thing under the under the the little pods in the front. And it's a crazy everything. looking shoe. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. And then the carbon shank that's in there, the guy was like taking it apart and it broke in half while he was messing with it. And I'm thinking, dude, I mean, do we really got to go to that extreme in order to run? And what is it teaching yeah. you? At the end of the day, what is it teaching you? You know, this guy's a candidate for orthotics. He doesn't want to think. He doesn't want to improve the way he moves. He just needs somebody to take control of his, his stuff, right? So anyway, I was trying to look at this. Uh, 
Uh, many of today's running shoes feature a heavy cushion heel. New research presented today at the 2013 annual meeting of American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons found that these shoes may alter an adolescent runner's biomechanics. The forces exerted by the muscles and gravity of the skeletal structure and diminish performance. So uh, I, I could go in and give you all the details of the, the, the study they did and how they did it, the abstract and all this jazz. But at the end of the day, what they're suggesting is that landing on that cushion, A, does not prevent you from injury. It does, you're not mitigating the impact forces because of that cushion. And it because you're falling into that cushion before you rebound into your stride, it inhibits your performance. So you get a false sense of security because you put your foot in there and it feels real nice, right? But what ends up happening is because of the stack height, when you're running, your foot's all over the place. And it's falling into that cushion and depending on that cushion to protect you. So regionally, like at the foot, it feels pretty smooth and cool. But up the kinetic chain, you're not being saved. You're still taking on the impact forces. And because it promotes heel striking, that further exacerbates the problem with your running mechanics because you shouldn't be on your heels to begin with, right? So it leads you down. You said this earlier. It almost promotes your wanting to land on that cushion. And it's not almost. It actually does. And because of the stack height, now, now this is not differential. This is not heel higher than forefoot. But this is, in fact, stack height. So the further from the ground, you change your center of gravity, right? And you're wobbly. I mean, whenever you land on that thing, all bets are off. And because it promotes heel striking, it actually causes your feet to get weaker with time. And I've, I've never seen anybody that runs in hokas and runs well in them. They, they just seem like they get a hall pass because they put that mattress under their foot, right? And uh, so what does that mean? If it feels good, is, is that a reason to own it? For some, maybe. But I, I got to tell you that in my history of doing, dealing with this, I've had a lot of people come to me that wore them, and then over time they started to be problematic. They started to notice injuries were starting to come back in different methods, different types of injuries. Okay, So at the end of the day, I don't like a shoe with a really high stack height. And I don't like a shoe that's going to cause your your toes to be cramped in the front, right? And another thing, and this is kind of old school, you don't see this as much as used to be, but where the heel was definitely pronounced higher than the forefoot, this alters your posture. For those that are listening to this and they're having fun with this or they think I'm crazy and they need a little evidence, take your shoes off. Hold on. Don't go away. Okay. It's funny. I pulled this book out because I pulled it out because it was thick, but it's kind of fun because it's supple up. Okay. So, uh, I love book. <laughs> find a book about this tall and put your heels on it. Be barefoot, put your heels on it and your forefoot on the ground. So you've just basically mimicked what occurs when you put yourself in a higher heel uh, lift in your shoe. And then you're going to identify that when you do that, you'll arch your back because you're tipping over. You're literally tipping over. And as you tip over, 
your line of sight changes. You're actually looking down. And so yeah. you want to correct that. And by the way you correct that is you, you kind of, you bend at the, at the hips. And now you've, you've got a little bit of lordosis. Okay, lordosis is like curvature of the lower spine. Okay, so now your posture is compromised. And because it changes your center of, uh, your center of balance, your center of balance is now ahead of you, which means that your, your natural inclination is you'll want to step forward to find balance. So in itself, being on that heel teaches you again to overstride. And because there's a cushion generally in the back, it seems like a safe place to land. So those shoes have taught millions of people to run badly, right? Hmm. So now, because you're thinking that I'm gonna lead you down this path to a neutral or zero drop shoe, there's some qualifications to get to that place. And I'm going to exhibit that qualification, that's zero drop. And that's by the way, that I like that shoe because it's there's very little stack height I'm assuming that the sole is a little firmer, right? A little firmer than, no? I guess so. I, I don't really know. I don't right. exactly. Well, I, I can tell you, like... my 4.5s are pretty, they're pretty firm. They're not cushy okay. by any stretch. Yeah, there's not a ton in there. <laughs> no, no. Well, look, so, uh, I mean, I could shut this show down right now and just say, protect your feet, don't impede progress of the foot, and that's the shoe for you. That's all you really need this is, to know. This is how I like my shoes to look. Yeah, yeah. Well, even better than that, um, an old friend of mine, Dr. Emily Spleichel, who's a podiatrist, she said uh -huh. you should be able to wring it out, like twist it this way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And if you could do that, then that's a good sign that the shoe's pretty good. Or either that or you're really strong. This one I can actually twist. <laughs> Maybe I'm just really well, strong. that's softer, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let me get to this uh, image I wanted to put up here real quick. Yeah, because then my questions would be: so we've talked about all the ones that are bad. What I mean, there's so many of those neutrally running brands out there. Which ones would you recommend? Or yeah, what are your yeah, criteria? Hold on. So let, let, let's do this. Okay. So uh, I'm covering my face up to show you this picture. Okay. This is actually an excerpt from a picture nice. that's in my book. What I'm showing here is this guy's basically placed his toe five inches away from this box. And then without lifting his heel, he's shifting his knee as close to the box as possible, right? And then you can see that his knee is on a horizontal plane. So he's not like kind of quasi standing up to make it work or whatever. It's all about how much range he has on the posterior chain. So his calf, Achilles, and whatever. And you can see his heel is on the ground. And his knee is making it to the box, even though it's five inches ahead of his toe. Now, this would be optimal range of motion for the posterior chain or the Achilles, and, you know, let's call it the heel cord. Now, this is a person that qualifies for a zero drop, low profile, minimal shoe. Okay. And which, by the way, he's wearing. And as a matter of fact, what I recommend to people when they do this test is that they're barefoot. And then let's just say that you fall a little shy. So you could see that acceptable range of motion would be the yellow, which is, uh, I don't know, 
an inch or so closer to the box. And then red would suggest, now I'm going to just point out that red would indicate your knee would be in line with this red line. So in other words, you can't get your knee forward of your big toe. And that's somebody with a limited range of motion. And they would probably be better suited with about four mil heel lift. Okay, so you want to basically accommodate the Achilles a little bit. Because if you sat here and I said, oh, you need a zero drop shoe and the zero drop shoe should be, you know, no stack height, no, you know, just very close to the ground, blah, 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 blah. I could hurt you because you may not be in a position to make this work just yet. But with time, you potentially can uh, cause that to work. Okay. So what I'm suggesting to you is before you start recommending a shoe, there's qualifications, right? You, you've got to qualify to fit in the particular shoe. Aside from just being comfortable, which by the way, turns out to be a pretty important consideration. <laughs> you know, if you're not comfortable in the shoe, that's not right for you, period. And you may find it a little too comfortable for you, in which case that might be a bad sign as well. I did a podcast, uh, it's been a few years ago, with Dr. Irene Davis. She heads up the Spalding Running Center, University of Harvard Medical, right? Uh, I've met her and uh, she's great. She's a grip. I mean, she's probably one of the most experienced people in biomechanics for runners on the planet. She's definitely out there. I mean, Harvard Medical, she's running the Spalding Running Center. And uh, we talked about this and she brought to light a study they did in Australia. And it was pretty interesting. What they did is they monitored the sales practices of people going in to buy a shoe and the relationship with the salesperson. So huh. they took into account the salesperson's influence over the, the, the patron. So in other words, they told you, oh, you know what, you need the mobility shoe or you need the stability shoe, whatever. And then they looked at that and compared it to the people that just walked in and found a shoe color that they liked. You know, it's just a pretty shoe. And you know, like you said, wow, it's got great shoes, great colors. It turned out that the people that picked the color ended up with less injuries <laughs> They're the people that bought the shoe that the salesperson recommended to you. Yeah. yeah, that's a pretty sad commentary. But I'm yeah. me talking, okay, I don't have to put my glasses on because I, I got it from somebody else that shared it with me and it was an actual study. So the mood ring treadmill and all that jazz, that ain't working. The first thing you need to do, in my opinion, when you start thinking about a shoe, is stop thinking about the shoe and start thinking about the way you move. Are you moving correctly? And by the way, I just today posted a couple of videos on Instagram. I don't know if you saw them. I had a couple of runners to see me yesterday that I work with. You know, I won't go into the detail about who they were, but these are pretty serious runners. You know, the one guy is qualified as an elite pro to run Boston this year. Uh, oh. He's a 2:23 marathoner, and he habitually has calf issues. And when his calves get tight it inhibits his capacity to let that heel come back to the ground. And you and I discussed this before. Yeah. So I, I, I did some cupping. I got some rock pods and I put them on his calves, treated him for a little bit, put him back on the treadmill, range of motion improved. He summarily became a better runner. 
not because he changed his shoes, but we changed the way his body was responding to ground contact, right? And by the way, his wife, who was really who I wanted to see to that day, had been suffering with hamstring issues. And she uh, most recently ran the, uh, the Speed Project, which is a relay race from Los Angeles to Las Vegas. Yeah, I heard of that one. Right. And she had just recently also uh, ran the Backbone Trail, which is through the Santa Monica Mountains, 68 miles. Nice. So, so I, I'm only sharing this with you because letting you know these people are storied runners. I think the first guy ran like 66 marathons, right? Never thought to do anything, treatments for themselves. Like, I was like, it was like going into the jungle and introducing uh, a shortwave radio to the, the tribe, right? They're all, oh, what the hell is that thing? You know, I mean, they didn't have any idea that there was tools and circumstance that you can affect change to improve your range of motion, functional range of motion, so that when you do attempt to run correctly, you can, or you have a better shot at it. Where a lot of people might see a video or such and decide, well, that makes a lot of sense to me. I need to try to run like that, but they're not equipped to do it, and it doesn't work, and all kinds of other problems start to result. And so yeah, that's, that's the bring, boat I was in. Yeah. So <laughs> that's what I was trying to do. I bring this to light is because just going in and expecting the shoe to correct the problem isn't going to work. It just isn't going to work. And I mean, I've done the research, and trust me, this is what I do. This is my day job. I looked up every study you could possibly think of. It all tends to go back to a couple of people. And one of them that they go back to a lot is a guy named Dr. Bino Nick. We talked about this guy a little bit before. And uh, he's come back with the conclusion on many different occasions that running shoes do not solve injuries. They just don't. I mean, they, they can placate you to some degree on a short-term basis. So if you were in a harder shoe and you got into a softer shoe, that might feel like a result to you but it might not be the result you're looking for. If you put an arch support in your shoe where before your arch was collapsing because you had weak feet, you felt a little better by it, and truly that was not the solution. The solution commonly, and nobody wants to hear this, but the solution commonly is to put in the work, to make your feet stronger, improve your functional range of motion, and then just pretty much anything you want to put on your feet is going to work. Think about that for a minute. Let's, uh, let's go off on a different tangent because that's me, that's the way I work. Let's just say you've been suffering back pain to the point where you finally couldn't take it any longer and decided to go under the knife because the orthopedic surgeon is salivating at the opportunity to get that deal and get in there and you know do a little work on your meniscus or, or excuse me, your, your discs uh, or your meniscus if it's your knee. They're, they're looking for something to cut. That's what they do, right? So every to a, to a carpenter, everything's a nail. Like, boom, hammer, right? So they're going to go in. They want to do it, right? So guess what? So here's this. You're thinking, okay, I'm going to finally, I'm just going to do the surgery. And then when you have the surgery done, guess what they tell you? Well, now you got to get back to doing some exercise to strengthen your back. So you're not going to evade the, the work. You still got to do the work. But in lieu of just doing the work first, you decide to go down this path where you end up getting cut first, right? Now that's going to invoke all kinds of potential problems down the road. So the reason I'm even bringing this to light is that 
people are looking for that solution. They're looking for that fix. They're waiting for Richard to say, buy the XYZ shoe because that's the shoe for you. And, you know, all will be well in the world. And I just can't in good faith do that. If you were standing in front of me and I knew who you were and I saw the way you move and I knew what your complaints were, I might be able to point you towards a shoe that I think is pretty good for you. But that would not be like, okay, don't worry about the way you move. Just go ahead and buy the shoe and you're golden. Yeah. It's not going to work like that. You still need to change the way you move because anybody that's a runner probably at one time or another read Chris McDougall's book right born to run mm -hmm. and I mean you know I got to give him credit even though I don't love the guy I'm gonna give him credit for the fact that he really shed light on the falsehoods that the shoe industry has put on us from the gate and all the injuries that most people experience are because they just don't run well anymore. and it goes into this drama and the Taramahara Indians and you know how they run around in these like if they're lucky they got like a piece of rubber tread from a tire that they put under their feet to protect them in the Copper Canyon. But basically they run naturally and they run all day, all night, you know, whatever, injury free. They just don't get hurt, right? And so it points to, yes, there is a right way to run and there's a wrong way, many, many, many wrong ways to run. So if you're a runner, all I'm suggesting to you is don't lean on the shoe for help. Lean on the shoe to protect your foot to allow your foot to do what it's naturally designed to do. If you look at the structure of a foot, it's such an amazing device, you know? It's such an amazing device. It has all, all the tools necessary to provide you with a very successful landing when you've taken flight. And running is basically a function of taking flight and coming back to Earth, right? But the articulation of the joints, the way things are designed to move, the structures with the ligaments and tendons and the musculature and the bottom and the tops of the feet, the ankle, it's such a masterful design that all you really need to do is let that puppy go and protect it and let it get stronger. And so, I, and I'm not suggesting to run barefoot, like, you know, screw shoes, barefoot from now on. I'm not saying that at all. But I will tell you that I'm sitting here right now and I'm barefoot, right? And I spend the majority of my life barefoot. I thought it would be interesting. You too, right? Nice. Funny, I was getting ready to do this podcast with you. And I was in the shower and I was just thinking about things that, you know, would be interesting. And research that I've read and whatever. And I thought it would be really interesting to do a research study where if you cut the country, United States in half, the people that live in the western part of the country versus the people that live in the eastern part of the country. And the ratio of running related injuries in the east as opposed to the west and the reason I suggest that is because of the environment I coach people that do not take their shoes off ever other than to go to bed I mean and I when I introduced the idea of going out and running barefoot on grass you know some natural surface as a training tool they think I'm out of my mind the idea of being outside barefoot oh what's that? You know, they, they freak out you know, and I'm like, dude, your feet need a break. You need to you need to let them get some light on them. You know, they, they, they've been stuck in those shoes and possibly some really bad design shoe for a lifetime. And, you know, you need to free them up. You know, I, I thought it would also be an interesting thing to have 
a study where maybe take somebody's hand, anybody who's curious, take your hand, okay, try to imagine it's your foot. You got these nice articulating digits here, right? And you know, your arch can move, your toes can turn, whatever. Now put a towel, wrap a towel around your, your hand, and then don't do it, don't do it. And then wrap duct tape around it so that it can't move. Okay? And then just leave it like that for two days. And then take it all off and try to write your name with a pen. And I bet you like, yeah, your hand's not going to work. <laughs> it's not going to articulate as it normally might because it's been inhibited for just those two days. And you yeah. screwed yourself up. Your feet are very much akin to where you're, the way your hands are designed. They're just kind of the same thing. The way they articulate and the joints and everything is kind of the same deal. And you're sticking your feet in these shoes all the time. And make it worse, shoes that are collapsing down on your toes. So you're standing in the shoe shop, shoe shop, shoe, shoe, shoe store, running shoe store, like shoe, 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 shoe. And then <laughs> you put the shoe on for like three minutes, five minutes, and you're running around on carpet. Or maybe you'll even let you get on the treadmill for a few minutes. And that's your experience with that shoe design. And you purchase it and you go home. And then you go try to run five miles out on pavement. And guess what happens? Your toes start to swell. They don't love that crowd in there anymore. And they start to get all cramped up. And this starts to influence the functionality of your foot. So it may not be your foot that's problems. It could be your shin. It could be your calves. It could be your knee. But you've just basically inhibited natural functionality and the, the functional ranges of motion the foot needs to go through in order to allow your body to be in the proper posture and space when you're running. And you may not even point to the shoe as being the, the culprit. You just can't figure out why you're being injured all the time. It could be your toes aren't, or, aren't organized correct. They're not having a, a, the freedom they need to function which leads me to the toe box. I want a broad toe box. Every shoe you put on your foot is gonna influence natural function. I'll say it again. Every shoe you put on your foot is going to influence natural function. As a matter of fact, you can put a sock on and to some degree it will influence natural functionality. And so what your goal should be when you buy a shoe is that the shoe is not going to get in your way when you're trying to function. That's the bottom line. So the shoe you showed me that you're wearing, I like it for you. You've been in front of me. I've seen you run. I know how you run. It's going to make a big difference for you. Already starting to love it, right? Mm -hmm. Now, um, and so when I was putting on my disguises earlier, it's because, truth be told, and I'll probably get in trouble for this, but you know, I don't care. I'm actually a dealer for Ultra. I'm, oh. I'm an authorized dealer for Ultra, cool. uh, but I don't really sell shoes. I just yeah. have been a dealer for a long time, and since I it's grandfathered in, I'm just a dealer. So if I want to buy shoes from Ultra, I can get them for my wholesale price, whatever. People that live close by. Good to know. People that live close by, they know the size shoe they need, whatever. Um, I'm happy to order them for them. Um, but I don't do returns because I'll end up eating them. But what I'm getting at is that I can't in good faith just say buy an Ultra because Ultra makes shoes I don't love. Ultra makes shoes that makes them more money than maybe some of the shoes I do love. And so they're going to promote those shoes. They're going to sell those shoes. 
and I'll go a step further. Hoka makes a shoe that I like. One shoe. <laughs> the Evo Jaws? Yeah. Really? I loved those. <laughs> well, so now the only thing about that shoe that I'm not 100% on board with mm -hmm. is they're not, they're not about that broad toe box. That shoe would be perfect if it had a broader toe box. Mm. I thought it was a great shoe. That's I got those. I ran one Spartan race in them, and they fell apart. Oh, really? Well, so there's that. Yeah. I can't speak for the longevity of the shoe. Um, what I'm saying is it's, it's hard for me in good faith to say, okay, go buy the Nike blah, blah, blahs. Uh, but, but I got to tell you, the other day, a runner came in wearing a pair of Nikes that I was surprised. I'm looking at it going, wow, that's actually not a bad shoe. The huh. design was kind of, let's call it neutral. Not yeah. much, not much in the heel lift. There's not much stack height. Uh, they're typically very, very pointed in the middle, which it wasn't. And I thought, you know what? I said, and, he, and then he tells me, he goes, yeah, well, I don't really run in this shoe. This is what I wear around the house. I said, well, that should be <laughs> that should be the shoe you're running in. What was the name of it? Do you know? I don't. Ah. My point that I'm trying to make is. It's very difficult to just go out there and say, oh, buy the Ultra. Oh, buy the yeah. New Balance. Because in a bright and shining moment, any of these manufacturers may luck up and create something that actually works. But some of them are looking at the money. All of them are looking at the money. And they're going to go with what they've been able to sell to people. I was listening to a guy doing a shoe review earlier today and he was talking about this and he brought some some intelligent people in to talk about biomechanics and whatever and uh, he started talking about the need to run properly and get away with a lot more kind of what I've been just saying but then he said yeah you know and then what happens is when I uh, when I'm not running so much anymore and I start getting a little sloppy that I go get the shoe that's got a real big cushion on it because it protects me. And I'm like, dude, you were doing so well. You know, we were getting along fine until just now. You know, you just don't get it, right? And so where I'm going with all of this, you know, and I'm ranting, I get it, I'm ranting, but if you came to me, and don't, if you're coming to me just for me to talk to you about a shoe, that's not my gig, that's not what I do, right? If you're coming to me because I'm gonna help you run better, that's definitely what I do. And then we could talk about a shoe. And because that's generally what I end up doing. It's like people come to me and ask me about, the, oh, well, what do you think about this shoe? What do you think about that shoe? I said, can I see the way you move? Can we get you out there? Can we run? Can we see if you're running well? Can we see what we need to correct about the way you run? Maybe there's some, some issues that need to be addressed before you even think about running. And then we could say, well, you know, now that we see all that, maybe this is a shoe working for you or not. But I know it may be a little depressing for people that are wait, waiting for me to give them the aha moment and just say, ta-da, this is a shoe I really love. I will say that the trail shoe that I run in, that I love, I like a lot, is the 4.5. The Superior 4.5 works for me. I find it to be ample, comfortable uh, as far as room. I find it to be protective. It, you, don't, you don't like all the tread. The tread is okay for me because I'm like a klutz when, when I'm running on a trail. I can, I can easily eat shit on a trail. So uh, I like to have that. 
But uh, I've also got some other ultras that I own that I don't love, I don't wear. As a matter of fact, I've got I've gotten shoes that come to me, and I end up giving them away because they're just not working for me. That's how I, I felt about the Mountain Kings. I think it was was the ones I tried first, and I did not like them. You know what? I I had a pair of those, and I gave them I gave them away. I gave them to VJ by the way. Oh, okay. Brand new. I put them on. Uh, they just did not. First of all, they were a little tight, so the sizing huh. was off compared to some of the other shoes. Same manufacturer. The difference between yeah. the way the fit was in the 4.5 versus the Mountain King and the Mountain King was tighter on my foot. Mm. Now, that might have been a one-off um, oddity, I don't know, but I was not happy in that shoe at all. Matter of fact, I think the only time I wore them, I got blisters, and I never put them back on again. And VJ was there one day. We had the same size shoe. Nice. I gave, I gave them to him. Um, and by the way, I, I had a friend, actually an old client, that works for, um, what is it called? The company that owns Hoka, it escapes me. But he he called me and said, hey dude, he goes, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know what you're gonna tell me, but I'm, I'm telling you, you gotta try these Hokas. He goes, I'm gonna send you a pair, right? And uh, he sends me a pair of these Hokas, and you know, just because I'm curious, right? I, you, you know where I live, I, I'm on a cul-de-sac, and my street is like, 100 yards, basically. And I put the shoes on, I ran to the corner in them, and I came home, I was scared to death. I literally thought I was gonna, I thought I was gonna eat it. Just, I was just, oh man, what the hell? It's like, I was all over the place with that shoe on. Didn't I, that, that shoe ended up uh, on eBay. And my, <laughs> my wife is my eBay connection. I was like, nope, put it on eBay. And nice. I've had people <laughs> send me shoes like that, and you know, it hopes that I'm gonna like it and maybe say nice things about it. And it ends up on eBay. And the the on O N, they sent me a yeah. pair of shoes, eBay. You didn't like those. I was actually curious about that when I was doing my most recent shopping. Well, I was so, looking at the ons. You know, the, 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 that shoe has changed to some degree. Okay. Um, in the very beginning when they when they sent it to me, the tubes underneath the shoe were much more pronounced. Okay. I mean, it was like a garden hose cut m multiple times <laughs> underneath the shoe, and I think that even in their even in their uh, little video presentation, they they use the analogy of cutting a hose. I think, uh, and that did not work for me because that was just ridiculous. Uh, I've seen the newer ones are far and away less pronounced, and mm -hmm. I guess that's the way they're trying to mitigate impact is through those little cells. Uh, I don't know. I'm just not. I'm not onto it. I, I like. I like the shoe to be firm enough for me to get some feedback from the ground. Which, by the way, we didn't, we didn't even discuss. Yeah. The further from the ground you get, the less afferent information you gather, the less response you can get from your central nervous system in a timely fashion. The higher up stack height wise you are, the more reactionary you are. You hit the ground. You try to react where when you have a closer relationship with the ground, you're more likely to be proactive with the with ground contact. And basically- So on- Go ahead. Yeah, on that. So that's kind of how I feel with the big lugs on things. Is that like, I don't know, what's, what's your opinion on kind of bigger lugs on trail shoes for like trail runners? Because like for me, when I wear the big lugs, I feel like I can't feel the ground as well and I'm not like engaging as well that's why I like trail running in the thin ones right well uh, I, there's probably something to be said for that 
Um, and I could tell you that the more sensitive you are, um, the more education your feet can get, the more your feet look for that education. And so, uh, you know, I was, <laughs> the analogy I like to use a lot is like, wearing a hoka is like, I'm going to punch you in the face and then you're going to duck, right? <laughs> Where you get a shoe that's more responsive, that is getting information from the ground, you get proactive. You, I see that punch coming, I'm going to move. <laughs> I'm not going to get hit, yeah. right? So you want to have that proactive approach to your running. And you'll start noticing the sensitivity starts to lead to performance. Your tactile relationship with the ground is going to be better. The contractal forces along the kinetic chain that support you and stabilize you are going to be more uh, responsive. Actually, pre-responsive. Pre-responsive? Pre-responsive. Pre uh -huh. Yeah, responsive, yeah. No, responsive suggests that it's late. So you're... Pre no, pre-responsive. Pre-responsive. Makes no sense. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you, you understand what I'm saying. I also made the, yeah. the analogy with people many times where if I tell you I'm going to punch you in the stomach, the first thing you do when you see my fist is you start to contract. <laughs> yeah. You start to stabilize the area that's going to get hit. So you protect yourself from the, the ensuing uh, injury, right? Anticipatory. Anticipatory, right. So that happens with your feet. That happens. And but it becomes inhibited with all that cushion between you and the ground. Mm -hmm. So we want to get as much of that as you possibly can. By the way, I've had conversations, I won't going to go into grave detail on it, but people have talked to me about taking your shoes off, feel the surface you're intending to run on, put your shoes on, and you pre-tune your feet to prepare for that surface. Huh. I'll try that next time. Sounds kind of interesting. I mean, if it doesn't work, don't blame me. But Worth a shot. <laughs> but I think there's some, there's some, there's some juice in that. What have we not told people? What have I what have I let you down with in respect to this this conversation? So one thing that I'd be curious about because you were saying the slightly stiffer foams that you can have more like reaction from the ground and all that. What's your opinion on the rock plates that they put in shoes now for trail runners? Well, the rock plate is there to protect you from anything that might stick up through the shoe. Uh, yeah. There are companies that are putting that, we won't call it a rock plate, but we'll put it uh, either a plastic or um, a carbon fiber shank in there yeah. to try to get a little bit of responsiveness. Um, like spring. I can tell you, Newton did that first, I think, and they put like a carbon fiber shank underneath their forefoot. Uh, hmm. And they said that that's helping you to get that feedback that you're looking for. Um, I mean, the jury's out as to whether that works or not. That shoe you're holding is, a, is the VJ, right? Yep, it's Matt's. <laughs> the complaints I've gotten about that shoe is it's too narrow. I can't wear them. I've tried VJs. They're too narrow for me. Yeah. It's, it just looks to me like a traditional shoe design. Same thing. You can see the big toes right in the middle. Yeah. We either got to redesign our feet or they need to redesign their shoes, right? And so that's that's where I start getting lost. I just don't, having been yeah. in a shoe that conforms to the, the, the way my foot's designed has kind of got into my life and I can't do without it anymore. It just, yeah. you know, knowing knowing what it feels like to free up my toes, I can't look back. I can't go back that other way. And I, yeah. I promise you that 
Very soon you won't be able to either. You won't be able yeah. to do it. Yeah. Yeah, they have pretty stiff foam. I've always wanted to be able to wear VJs, but yeah, they're just way too narrow for well, me. Yeah, but again, like, I mean, everybody started wearing stiff. VJs in obstacle course racing because they started yep. giving away to all the pros. Right? So all the pros are wearing them and saying wonderful things about them. And they want to eat what Mikey's eating, right? That's what they do, right? Yeah. So that doesn't necessarily pass mustard with me. You know, the, the best the best opportunity for them to put that shoe on an athlete was VJ Jones. They got a shoe yeah. called VJ, and they got an athlete whose wing races named VJ. VJ said the damn shoe was too narrow. He couldn't wear it. So even though they were, <laughs> they were, tossing, they were tossing money at him, they were like trying to get him huh. on board. Uh, they actually talked about actually redesigning the shoe for him, um, but that ship has sailed. So, mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, I was kind of wondering because I know they're huge in OCR. Obviously, everyone yeah. and their brothers was, wearing them, but a, I can't. It was a deal made in heaven. <laughs> yeah, like, I know. I said, "You sure you can't suck it up and just take the money, dude?" But uh, <laughs> when I first saw that come out, I was like, "Wait, did they name that like yeah, after VJ? Yeah. Like, what said, is it? His brand?" You sue them. You know? Right. They're building on your on your popularity, and they used your name, <laughs> and maybe sue them for a million dollars or something. I don't know. <laughs> Get the money somehow, you know. <laughs> so, uh, did I answer your question? I'm, I'm... Kind of. Yeah, yeah. Basically, I was just asking. Like, I know it's for protection, but does that like basically does having a stiff lower? I think there's cause be, issues. I, I think there's something to be said for that being. Okay. But I could tell you that if you load a bunch of foam beneath it, uh, that shank's not going to help you. Okay. Right? And by the way, that's exactly what Nike did. And evidence mm-hmm. being that, I mean, just my my only, well, two two evidence circumstances. You were at the clinic where that, that the fellow showed up wearing those shoe, that type of shoe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he ran like crap. His running mechanics were terrible. Yeah. And I said, dude, take that sh- take that shoe off. And what really killed me was because he had been following me around, listening to my stuff, reading my book, yeah. uh, people I know in the industry that he respected and been listening to that were on the same page. He shows up with those shoes, and I said, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I'm hoping... Hey, it was that- cool, though. By the end of that weekend, seeing him out running on those trails, uh, we were running past each other, it was like a totally different person. Yeah, his but, running form looked so much better. His his ground contact was improving, no question. He did learn to run better. Uh, Having said that, running better on top of shoes that are trying to corrupt him is not a good. That's not a good fit, because he'll lose that fight. Eventually, he will lose that fight. He will give up on the running mechanics to placate the shoe, eventually. (laughs) And this is what happens to a lot of people. And or getting into a shoe actually makes makes them a worse runner. So for whatever it's worth. Parting thoughts. Parting thoughts, uh, two questions. Well, one question about two shoes. Have you ever heard of the Zeros? Yes. With an X, what do you think about those? Any thoughts? I've never put them on. I've got a client that wears, two clients that wear them, and they love them. Um, But I have to tell you, they were qualified to wear them. Meaning that, you know, they were capable of going straight into that shoe uh, yeah, zero drop, real close to the ground. By the way, one of my clients that has a pair of those shoes ready for this, she's mm-hmm. 76 years old. Nice. And um, I've I've trained her through six marathons. She didn't even start running until she was 65. 
And uh, she runs in a, a matter of fact, I've taken her out on runs in the street barefoot before. So you think older person, you know, be careful, need cushion, all that kind of stuff. No. She's totally fine in those. She loves those shoes. It's awesome. But I, I, mind you, I'm not saying, okay, by the zero, that's the shoe for you. Yeah. I'm saying you got to qualify. Okay. Part of the qualification, cool. aside from just having range of motion, is enough strength in your feet to be in that position to do it. Yeah. Yeah, because I tried them. These are actually mats. I... I like the zero draw. I like the minimalism of them because I've worn a lot of minimalism shoes, minimalistic, whatever you call it. But I felt like the uppers were almost too, they, they feel like a shoe, not a running shoe. They're almost too cushy and kind of yeah. like like clunky, which is kind of weird. What's but I don't know. They, they're comfortable. What is Vivo? That was the other one I was going to ask you about, the Vivo Barefoot. Cause uh, I, I, by the way, that was another shoe that I sold. Uh, there okay. was, I sold Newton's Ultra. Vivo, and there might have been another one, but I don't recall it. Hmm. I've had these shoe salesmen come in to try to get me to carry their shoes, and I kicked all of them out the door, like one after the other. I was just looking for yeah. a shoe that wouldn't get in the way of a client. And when they came to me, I would show them how to run, how to use the shoe. And, you know, it was a different situation, because I wasn't really a shoe store, I was a performance lab. Yeah. So the, the shoe sales was an afterthought, a bad idea, I shouldn't have done it. <laughs> but so um, they actually have a, a guy, his name escapes me. I have their little booklet somewhere here. An English dude, the, their go-to guru on shoe mechanics and running mechanics. It's good stuff. I mean, it's their, their theories and their processes are very correct. It's just, you know, it's a little dangerous for somebody to go in a shoe that's that minimal. That's borderline not enough protection for me. Really? Okay. Yeah, I like a little bit more protection underneath my foot than that. Mm -hmm. Not cushion, protection. Yeah. So, but I'm not, yeah. not poo-pooing the shoe. I'm just saying that I know people that wear them, love them. Uh, I think I've got yeah. a couple pair around here somewhere. I don't wear them. Yeah, I've worn a few. I've worn a few of the Vivos. Um, I actually felt like I, I liked the minimalism of them, but I almost felt like the front was almost too big because I couldn't I have I couldn't run road on them I couldn't run like flat hard ground because I felt like I was like slapping the ground with the front and I couldn't like it bend almost like and see I just feel like it didn't quite have as much like flexi even though you could roll it up I don't know I just felt like I couldn't spring off I tried to run a stadium in one of them one time a stadium race and it just like uh, didn't do it for me but I love them for hiking and stuff like that but not running you know, it's it's funny because like. The, a lot of these shoe manufacturers hide behind the concept of zero drop and natural yeah. running. And I, there's a couple other manufacturers that I won't even name right now that have sent me shoes and they pass the mustard for all the, you know, the boxes you're clicking, except when you put them on and try to move in them, something they did on the bottom, you know, just yeah. the design pattern they put under, underneath the shoe, uh, the way the heel cup was round versus more flat and square. I couldn't. I couldn't operate in them. They just felt mm -hmm. weird to me. Now yeah. that's just me talking. So again, yeah. it's a personal. It's a personal thing. Some people might be able to get in them, and they work well for them. But they just weren't working for me at all. Uh, yeah. I, the, the, the particular shoe that I'm thinking of, the name escapes me, and it's probably better. But um, <laughs> anyway, so cool. I think we've kicked this can down the road as, about as far as we can. If anybody has any questions or commentary reach out. I'm happy to answer questions. Uh, whether you agree with me or not, I'll still give you my opinion. 
Hey, is it okay to run in running sandals? Because I kind of I have some running sandals I like running in. Kind of you fun. know, I'd love to try it. They're fun. I like them. I've never, you know, I know that they make some really interesting. Zero running sandals. The only problem I've noticed though is when you are running and it's hot and you get sweaty, your feet slip around on them because it's like a leathery kind of thing, and you're just like, I slide way too much in them on hot days. And then one more thing before we go, if they're trying to find me, gait analysis clinics coming up one day, VO2 testing, all that jazz. Do it. Do it. It makes it, I mean, like, it took a while for me to sign up for your clinic. I am so glad I did. It's it's a must. Get in there. Do it. You know, I had this conversation with somebody. This is the last thing we're going to talk about. I had this conversation with somebody yesterday. And I said, you know, I've done clinics all over the United States. And I've been doing clinics for, I think, about 10 years now. And I said, the one thing that I can pride myself in is that I always go to these things with apprehension. I'm always expecting that one person to show up that said, that was bullshit. I was just wasting my money on that. And they're going to go out there and tell a bunch of people what a waste of time it was and you know, start dogging me. That's never happened. In all the places I've been, all the things we've done, all the smack mouth I've handed out, to my knowledge, I guess that should be prefaced by saying to my knowledge, I've not gotten any stink from anybody. Everybody's pretty much said the same thing you said. I'm so glad I did it. It worked out yeah. for me. I learned so much and I'm a better athlete because I did it. That's so I what feel. I get more often than not. If there's going to be commentary, that's what I get. And you know, social media doesn't care. They'll say whatever they want to say about you. And and, and so far, I've just, I've just not seen it. If it's out there, I haven't yeah. seen it. So. Anyway, well, I can yeah, see why. thank you so much. Uh, thank you. I will see you at the L.A. Stadium race. You know it. And, you know, I don't want you to feel threatened by me being there because, you know, just because you're going to win. Too late. <laughs> Too late. I'm already intimidated. <laughs> yeah, I've got a few people that are going to be there, and they're feeling the same pressure you are. All right, yeah. well, thank you, everybody, and uh, I'll see you soon. All right, see you later. Have a good Bye. one. Bye.